So peak performance. Whenever you're thinking about reaching the peak, we're talking about the apex, the top, the pinnacle. And today, Apple had an event, their springtime event, peak performance. And I think that they delivered. Welcome to In the Weeds with Dexter Johnson. This is a tech podcast all about you, the listener. My aim is to educate, inform, and most importantly, empower you with the tools that you need to face this ever-changing world of technology. So let's get into it, shall we? Thank you for listening to another episode of In the Weeds with Dexter Johnson. I'm hoping you're coming away more empowered, educated, and enthralled in the technological world. Be sure to tell a friend, share this episode, and follow me on Twitter at Dexter underscore Johnson. And most importantly, stay tuned for future episodes. Until next time. So Apple had a lot to say, starting off, of course, with services. We know how Apple events start. They start with services, then they get into hardware and kind of wrapping up the big story, the big ideal, the big game plan. So today we're talking about Apple TV Plus and letting us know, hey, we're getting some changes and we're going to be getting Friday night baseball and it's going to be two games that are only on that service. So if you're a fellow Apple TV Plus subscriber, hey, you're going to be able to watch a little Friday night baseball. I'm not necessarily that guy that loves baseball, but will I check it out? Of course, you will hear about it on here. Now, Colors. Colors are a thing that literally drive new phone sales. I'm not sure if you've noticed this before, but usually every year the colors of iPhone are slightly, slightly different. They're tweaked just a little bit. They're tweaked enough so that if you have a new phone and someone else doesn't, then it kind of stands out to the other person thus you know potentially making some of us want to upgrade now this does not happen all of the time but it certainly can influence some people to say hey you know what i want the new green one and that's exactly the colors that apple introduced today two new colors for iphones 13 and 13 pro for the 13 it's just called green and then of course for the pro you have to have a special name so it is actually called alpine green for the 13 pro next up iphone se or iphone special edition now lots of people like to joke and say that this is a parts bin phone i'm one of those people <laughs> and when i say parts bin this the when we're talking about parts bin it's essentially parts that are laying around that apple are trying to potentially get rid of but i do feel like now sc means a little bit more for people that love touch id for people that don't necessarily want face id and we we still have touch id lingering around on say ipad air you know it's the thing that i've got my notes on for this podcast so touch id is not going anywhere at least anytime soon but 
for this new iPhone SE, we're getting an A15 Bionic. And of course, it's going to be aimed at, you know, the low end. And of course, it's going to be starting out at $429 for the base configuration. Next up, we're getting a new revamped iPad Air. So the previous iPad Air looks great, but it's actually at the beginning of a refresh cycle because we saw an iPad mini that seemingly is better than iPad Air. And we're like, what the heck is this? Well, now the new iPad Air got a major bump. The new iPad Air starting at $599, by the way, which is the exact same price as how it's always been, which just blows my mind with these new configurations, M1 chip. The M1 is coming to iPad Air. So this is the same chip that is in my current 2021 MacBook Pro. And it is also in MacBook Airs. This thing is also in the Mac Mini. This is going to give a 2x graphics performance increase. We're going to get a 12 megapixel ultra wide front facing camera allowing for center stage. So now center stage is on all of the iPads across the board. We're also introducing 5G to this model and the USB type C port is going to be twice as fast. Why? And that's because of M1 and the what increased bandwidth that the chip allows. And of course, this thing is going to be available on March the 18th. So now it's time to talk about Mac. And here's the thing. And I quote from Tim Cook, it simply has no equal. And this is in regards to the M1 Mac. Now, they went through a slide and it's, it's a great slide. And it's just showing kind of the differences between their current SOCs. We have M1. M1 Pro, which is kind of a build out of M1. We have M1 Max, which is kind of like the best configuration that you can have, at least up until this event. And then they unveiled M1 Ultra, which is essentially two M1 Max chips, which we've seen in higher end MacBook Pros. It's two M1 Maxes put together. So here's the thing, and I and I'm going to quote my tweet. I'm going to I'm going to quote it. Quote, I'm really impressed by what Apple is doing in terms of performance. But Apple still needs to open up the machines that we purchase to do what the hell we please. End quote. We're getting so much power, so much power, so much power. Can we just wipe mac os and install linux hey you can put it in a vm you can do parallels but that's another podcast for another day but m1 ultra this thing is an absolute monster so for a little background on m1 ultra the m1 max is designed with interconnected technology or multi-die technology so essentially apple bridges two m1 mac m1 max socs to create the ultra and that ultra that bridging is called ultra 
fusion, which equals into the M1 Ultra. And of course, this thing, you're going to be able to have up to 128 gigabytes of unified memory. And apparently this thing is eight times faster than the standard M1 chip. And of course, the M1 Ultra will be available in a new machine. Yep, Mac Studio. So when we're talking about Mac Studio, this thing is essentially, how can I put this for you? Okay, picture Mac Mini and picture two Mac Minis standing on top of each other. Boom, there you go. That's Mac Studio, folks. That's the end of the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm just kidding. But... When we talk about the connectivity of Mac Studio, before I even start to talk about the pricing, four Thunderbolt ports, 10 gigabit Ethernet, HDMI audio, two USB, two USB-C on the front, SD card slot on the front. This thing is an absolute monster. So In a quote from The Verge, the Mac Studio is the latest entry in Apple's Mac lineup. It's basically like a Mac Mini aimed at creative professionals with tons of I.O., cooling and processing power. The M1 Max version starts at $19.99, which I think is a fantastic deal. Go to the Apple website if you don't have an Apple device. And if you do have an Apple device, then go ahead and open the Apple Store app on your device. Take a look at all of this greatness. And the M1 Ultra version starts at $39.99. So iMac Pro is officially gone. It's, been, it's retired. You cannot find this thing for sale from Apple anymore. So this is essentially kind of slotting in to where that is. And the funny part about this is that on the slides in which they were doing performance comparisons, this thing, especially when we're talking about the M1 Ultra version, it was outdoing the current Mac Pro, which costs a lot more than $39.99. And the presenter even noted, hey, you know, Mac Pro is coming. So what on earth is the Mac Pro going to look like? What on earth is Mac Pro going to look like? Also, let's talk about the studio display. So the studio display has is a 27-inch 5K screen in an aluminum body. So it can reach up to 600 nits of brightness. It supports P3 wide color gamut and works with Mac OS's true tone feature. And the reason why it can do so much, including like center stage and lots of fancy audio engineering, such as this microphone array, is because the thing has an A13 Bionic. This is essentially a dumbed down iMac because the thing starts at $15.99. This is essentially a dumbed-down iMac, which is serving as a display. And it's absolutely amazing. Now, with that being said, we've all seen the other 
Pro displays that Apple makes that starts off at $5,000. And to me, this is a nice step back. And to me, this is if you want to have Apple everything sitting on your desk, to me, this is the way to go. Bring your own keyboard, bring your own mice, maybe your own monitor. But if you don't want to shell out 5000 step to the basically $2,000 monitor. And I think that you will be freaking good to go. Now, of course, if you want to do some height adjustment, that stand is an upgrade and it's an extra $400. Of course, you're not you're not going to get by. <laughs> you're going to end up shelling out a little, a little more money. And like I said, the 27 inch iMac is absolutely no more. So, guys, all in all. This was an absolutely excellent event, an absolute excellent event. I really enjoyed it. Um, when I just reflect on it, just seeing the amount of power that Apple is able to get out of these chips is remarkable. It's just like they're blowing, they're blowing things away. Now, the thing that I'm not going to say is a little concerning is that I wish that they would highlight graphics performance a little bit more. We know when it comes to CPU clock speeds, these are absolutely annihilating and dominating everything from a compute standpoint. But when it comes to graphics, NVIDIA still really is doing quite well. So I want to see what the graphical performance looks like on these things as well. But all overall peak performance it met my standards. It was an Apple event. All Apple events are absolutely phenomenal. And that Mac Studio is looking pretty damn sweet. But guys, be sure to tweet me at Dexter underscore Johnson. Let's keep the conversation going. And until next time, I'll holler at you.